I love you. Zoinks! Like, welcome back, couch potatoes. Uh, I'm not gonna do that voice the whole time. That's a very I thought Matthew Willard was in the studio. Oh, stop it! No, you're too kind. No, it's not Matthew Jenkins. Lillard. It's the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I am the face of Sleon. Um, if you didn't, if you didn't catch those catchphrases, uh, we're not making this shit up. All right. No, man. You should nope. know about Scubert Do and his band of mischievous teenagers who grow up in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they're not even seen as teenagers set surprisingly i don't think you know, so kid, no i, I think never, they're like out of no. uh at least they're adults in that first like they could be 18 19 some of them i don't know they're yeah they're uh you get the teenager i think you actually get them in college i think they mentioned them what as they being say? in college okay in in the next one in the second film which we're also talking about today, but that's wait, wait, wait. Show. They go, they go back to college. Don't you remember they had that flashback scene where they like see a photograph? They oh, go back where to they the, like treehouse where and they, they met. Oh, well, no, they're just playing frisbee. They just oh, like okay, they go yes. to the, they go to the treehouse yes, and they, they see got a, younger a photo of them all. Yeah, and younger Scubert. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he headbutts right into a tree, that's and everybody right. just like starts laughing. Whereas if my dog ran headfirst into a tree, I'd be like, oh, fucking shit, she's dead. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I got a little tank, baby. I'd probably be like, yeah, it's true. Yeah, your dog could probably run into a tree, no problem. (laughs) Zelda. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, we're we're talking Scooby-Doo. And uh, this is, uh, uh, I'll put it down here on the podcast. Officially, this is my favorite show as a child. Like, I watched Scooby-Doo. More than any other show, I'm pretty sure. I had a lot of VHSs of Scooby Doo, uh, the the VHSs that had behind the scenes clips. Yeah, I had of those. The too. Mystery Inc. group. Yeah. yeah, you remember those? Yeah, yeah right. But they're in between each episode, so you'd watch one episode and then be like, "Behind the scenes, that's how, Mystery Inc." That's how I learned that Shaggy used to be referred to as Buzz. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so crazy uh, fuck. <laughs> oh man dude this okay so yeah we're, we're talking the live action films today uh definitely dragged my parents to see these um in theaters it was you know some of my favorite fucking movies as a kid i loved it first one came out in 2002 i was just nine in regards to human years uh and in 2004 is when the sequel came out so i'm just 11 super fucking right age for these films right you know yeah exactly. right on my alley um, yeah, and I remember so many, many nights. Oh, how, what, what was the year that it came out again? Uh, 2002. 2002. The first one, at least. So I was yeah. 10, right? Yeah. Yeah, because it was around my birthday that I went to see it. And, and in yeah, fact, I, I saw this movie three times in the same week. I went twice <laughs> on the same day, which I believe was my birthday. Oh. My, my grandma. Shit, man. My grandma took me out, and she usually took me to dinner, uh, bought me something I wanted at a store, and then we went to a movie. Very pampered. Nice. And uh, <laughs> I wanted to see Scooby-Doo, so we saw Scooby-Doo. And then that night, my my mom was like, oh, my brother, your brother and 
and your family wanted to see that with you. And I was like, well, I really liked it. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but by the, the best part about all that is I, I imagine you as a bearded 10 year old child. Like I can't imagine you. <laughs> like I can't imagine an unbearded Blake. Well, just imagine the picture that I, that I drew of us for the icon. Right. Yeah, that's that's okay. more accurate. That's Almost Clean, as beefy. shaven, faceless. Almost as beefy, maybe a little more chubby. Maybe a lot more. I don't remember. I was 10. <laughs> I went through like periods of like uh really stocky and tall and thin. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like it was just that's how I grew. I had like I didn't have like two or three uh growth spurts like normal kids. I had, like six yeah stretching uh you know <laughs> sessions in the laboratory <laughs> yeah i uh i've always been just short dumpy and green so it's just you know every every few years whenever i'm supposed to like have a growth spurt i would just get a new human suit so that was nice oh i see i, I haven't had to worry about that yeah that's good do they age you that way easy too, being green. do they just you know replace like- parts what was that i missed there? how do they how do they age you now that I you don't are age, tight, just just I mean his your human suit. Oh yeah, they, I mean they just make him larger, and then like occasionally he gets a little fatter. Sometimes he gets a little skinnier. Gotcha. Sometimes he has hair. And do they? Sometimes do you have to go in for, to, for this? We haven't really discussed this. Do you have to go in for this, or do they, can they do it remotely? I mean, like normally I'm able to just do it at home, but like I see. You so know, you they, decide, they to, like you know, maybe yeah. I want to. Maybe I want to have a little bit of uh, double chin this week. It was like that, but now that the government's kind of like triangulated us and found us again, Uh, they kind of want to check in every now and then. So like they'll constantly peek in and be like, "Uh, that skin's a little too blue. You're not the fucking Avatar people. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) all right, you know, go back to white. So they don't let you go to Skyrim with it. (laughs) No, no, not really. Yeah, I'm, I'm limited. I'm able to do like natural progressions, but I can't drastically change it I up. See. So I see. Yeah, well, you could, right. if you want, be yell- uh You could go jaundice. And skin I could, yeah, yeah, I could. But then I have to act like I'm in pain, though, or like that's that something's right. wrong. Right. Yeah, and, and I would. Worry. And I have to wear contacts for that too. That really hurts. Like I don't like contacts. Oh, you can't change the eye color? I guess that makes sense. Well, they're still yeah, they're still kind of my eyes. So. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. I I didn't realize how t- tightly fit it was. Uh, so Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? I thought they made him real, but he wasn't. It's not as they good tried. as I remember. Actually, it it, no, I, <laughs> it it's pretty good. The uh, CGI wise, it's for the, for the period definitely. Um, it's not. But, yeah, it's not bad. I, like, not I think bad. the second one CGI actually, even though they got Scooby better, the the technical details in the second one are so much worse in my opinion. You think so? <laughs> I I'll be honest. I paid attention a little less in the second one. Um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's, it's kind of funny because I was looking up the reviews because both of these films were like severely panned by critics, right? Sure. Like the, the first one had like maybe a 20% or a 30% and the second one is about the same, maybe a little better. But like when I was reading the reviews, like, uh, a Roger Ebert, my favorite 
uh, film critic, say what you want, I don't care. You know, that was who I grew up reading. Um, he gave it a one and a half star, the first one, I believe. <laughs> and he gave the second one two. So he was like, they've improved on Scooby-Doo's animation. That's about it. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> as a kid, it really hurt because I was just like, oh, but I oh. loved them. Maybe I'm not Maybe I'm not as knowledgeable as films as this great man is. And it's just like, oh, I'm fucking 10. Like, <laughs> I, So if we get into this first f- film, like I said, I saw it three times in the theaters as a kid. I'll have a special place in my heart for this movie. Till the day I die, but on a rewatch as an adult, I will up front say, maybe it's a little bit racist. <laughs> <laughs> it's, got some, it's got a lot of issues, yeah. It's, no, and, yeah and so it's let's get into it. Yeah, I'll, I'll dive on in. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's, both of the films are directed by Raja Gosnell. And the uh, dr- the writer, one of my favorite facts to share around with people that typically blows their mind because they don't realize it, is James Gunn. Before oh, James Gunn that. proved he could handle a beautiful team atmosphere with Guardians of the Galaxy, he was proving it way back in 2002 <laughs> with Scooby-Doo Gang. There yeah, are some and you can, really funny things in this script. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of jokes that it's immediate. Like, once I saw it, once I knew, like, maybe 10... 15 years ago, whenever Guardians of the Galaxy came out, and I, you know, I looked him up and was just like, oh, that's the guy who did Scooby-Doo. Oh, cool. Once I rewatched Scooby-Doo with that knowledge, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's a that's a James Gunn joke. Yep. Oh, okay, yep. I could see that. Yep, like, yep, that's a precursor to a Guardians of the Galaxy thing. Like, it's <laughs> it's great. Like, you can see his style. It's still there. Um, Raja Gosnell, I, you know, I didn't really research him. I don't know if, uh, okay, Never Been Kissed. Home Alone 3, oof, uh, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, The Smurfs, okay, I'm gonna stop before I don't like this guy anymore, uh, <laughs> my gosh, that's quite a, quite a filmography, but no, the, the directing's not bad, the writing is really hilarious in my opinion, like, I loved a lot of the, they're, they're kind of tired and lame jokes, but they're still fun, but the, the story itself follows the Mystery Inc. group. We'll talk the cast later once I, you know, I'm just going to do a quick synopsis here. But the Mystery Inc. group, at the very beginning, they stop a most recent ghost, you know, like that's what they do. That that's If you've watched the do. television show, that's what they do. It's the juggalos. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> that's not what they <laughs> By call the way, it. <laughs> just yeah, joking. Oh, okay. it, it looked like something off of an insane clown posse. That's that's hilarious yeah true and, and it's like it's even funnier too because if you look up the poster like if you uh if you go to the wikipedia page and look up their the poster they have yeah. for this that's the ghost in the background yeah and he is the first five minutes I he's gone in the first five from minutes being a kid too i was like it's oh, so weird they tricked me but you know whatever yeah, very, scooby-doo was always like about a misdirection even though it was exactly the same every time uh yeah they there was always something that they wanted you, you to pick up on that that was did you wrong. ever watch did you ever watch a pup named scooby-doo yep it was yeah 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 it was like a sp- little spin-off where they go back to when all of the game is uh huh it was way funnier i think the writing was really good for that show oh yeah 
It, it was really good. It was, but there's like there's literally a character that Fred is so hell bent on being the villain in every single one, like every single episode. And I think his name <laughs> is Red Herring, and it's just it's so funny. Like yeah, it, yeah. It's like when you when you mentioned that, about. it's it's so true. The show is always about misdirection, and that's that's the very beginning of the movie. It's, it opens up with them solving a case, unmasking the ghost. And then they go out to all the public because they're becoming a big thing. This is a continuation of the television show. It's not mm. rewriting any sure. of that canon. It's it's just continuing on from it. If the canon and, really you know, matters they, for the TV yeah, show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this makes it part of the Bat- Batman DC uh, cinematic universe. Oh, does it? <laughs> <laughs> They've helped Batman before in the TV yes, show, so it sure has to have. be. <laughs> but uh, it's it's... Uh, they they go out to the big public, you know, to all the media. Everybody's wanting to ask them questions, and this is where you start realizing that all the the members of the group are having their own personal gripes, except for Shaggy and Scooby. They're really just there, right? And but like Velma, Daphne, and Fred, they all have their own like power struggle going on, where it's just like one wants to be recognized, one's taking all the credit, and then the other one is tired of being the damn damsel in distress. That, yeah. that, respectively that being Velma, Fred, and Daphne. I don't know why I just said one and one for everything. Yes. <laughs> but, like, it, it's bothering them. And right at the very beginning, within the first, like, five minutes of the film, they split up. The gang breaks it's apart. broken. They all go their separate ways. And it's just like, oh, shit. You know, it's like, that's not what I was expecting with this movie. It was kind of sad as a kid. I was yeah, like, it was. Oh, fuck, where yeah. do we go? It really was. But we quickly... uh, which it's like strange that this is like the same plot uh, as Zombie Island. I think they took a lot of <laughs> inspiration from that movie for this script. Yeah, as they should have. But uh, but after that, once they're all split apart, you uh, you cut to the beach where Scooby and Shaggy are most certainly not smoking marijuana on no, the beach. No, they are not. They're but making like... eggplant burgers. What are you talking about? <laughs> eggplant burgers, of course. <laughs> Pass the duchy. <laughs> <laughs> that song is so prevalent for them. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah, they, they get an invitation. They're invited out to Spooky Island uh, by the owner of the island. Uh, well, it's a it's a theme park by the owner of the theme park, Emil Mondavarius. And uh, yep. they all go out there. You know, Scooby and Shaggy are like, all right, there's an all-you-can-eat buffet. We're in. So they go and they meet. Fred, Velma, and Daphne, who are also all invited. And when they get to the island, they realize that the people who are entering the theme park all very excited, very like, you know, how you are when you go into a theme park. You're really pumped. You're full of anxiety and adrenaline. You're like, fuck yeah, let's do this. But the ones who are leaving, they're quiet and they're weird. And they're very like, what up, dog? Why are you in my space? Dog. Back up out of my grizzle. Dog. That's it. You back up my grill, brah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're very, they're very like heavy, heavy late 90s, 2000s, uh, slang, uh yeah. you know, Appropriate teenagers, slang, high schoolers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the mystery. That's the mystery that Mil Mondavarius has invited the Mystery Inc. group to solve is what the fuck's going on with the youngsters? And, uh, that that's it that's the mystery is why what's happening to these crazy college kids coming to this theme park why are they why are they all uh coming in excited youth and leaving i don't know businessmen headed to work like (laughs) (laughs) the mystery is before them 
they decide to split up because they're not formally back together yet. And yeah, uh, yeah, they still all want to prove themselves. (laughs) They all discover different things about Spooky Island, which is what the place is called. And uh, yeah, they come back around to spoilers. The monsters are real. <gasps> what? Oh my! How dare they? God. So that was advertised yeah, the- in the in the in the the trailer. But you know they've done that in everything single Scooby Doo movie since the two thousand. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of gotten sad after a while. Uh, and like it, that's the other thing too is the monsters. They're like these big, tall demon things, like very lanky, long eared. They look dog like a little like, bit. Yeah. They're like one of the least, my least favorite things about this movie is because the CGI on them just looks so dumb. It does look like, terrible. Uh, I'll ha- I say that I did think them funny as a kid, but yeah, not much as an adult. Well, I mean, that's that's also the thing is like they're not used to scare, which again, it's Scooby-Doo. Like you're trying to appeal to kids. You're not trying to scare the crap out of kids. Mm-hmm. But like it's a, it's a big, tall, creepy monster. Like, you know, I should expect to be a little frightened from them. There were, there were times in the TV show when I was a very, very young kid where I was like mildly scared. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, they're just they're just used for like complete props. Like there's one time where one of them's like foot catches on fire and it's like hopping up and down trying to beat out its foot while the rest of it's catching on fire and it's like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're just silly jokes like they got yeah, they they allergic to the sun like vampires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. I love it. So, let's go ahead and talk about the cast real quick. Yeah, let's break them apart. We There's got, a lot of good here. We got uh, the leader of the group, Fred Jones, played by Freddie Prince Jr. He didn't have to oh, try too yeah. hard to to blend into his role. Nah, uh, he just had to be a '90s bro. He just had to be a '90s bro, and it and it and he fucking nails he it. Nails it. A '90s bro who is into ascots, man. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, like. Again, like, Fred's always the one that's kind of, like, a little different in regards to personality with every show. Yeah. Like, you know, in the old show, he's, you know, he is a leader. He is, you know, you know, very much on, like, gang. all right, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, he's like, we're going to split up. Daphne and me are going to go over here. We're totally not going to be kissing. Velma and Shaggy and Scooby are going to go over there. Like, have fun. You know, it's just like, that's what he was always doing. And then the, the pup named Scooby-Doo, he's like a... Kind of just like a dumb, screamy, like, <laughs> he was like, that's the case, you know, it's, I think he was also, uh, a, he did a lot of traps in that show, I think. I think he was like a trap. Yes, yes. Man. He, he w- had some kind of tactical genius that he implemented with uh, uh, Velma's technical genius. Yeah. <laughs> it, that I mean, that the shit they pull off in that. That show is so ridiculous compared to the yeah. the original show. <laughs> it's, it, like it's a it, it adds it adds a little it. bit of like the childhood imagination to it. I think. Yeah, and it, it's yeah. good. Uh, about this movie though, he is just he just yeah he didn't have to do too much really to get to get Fred Jones. He, he did it. No, uh, he does the yeah. job very well. 
but it is also still like a blank canvas with good timing. It's he, yeah, yeah. he's got good timing. I'll give him that. He's got a lot of hilarious jokes, especially when he's just like a. a um, there's a, there's a plot in the story where your souls are the like the people who are changing spoilers. Right. Their souls are being taken out, right, and they're being replaced by these these crazy monsters. Um, and their souls are just put into a vat. And there's there's one yeah. scene where Shaggy like picks his picks Fred's head head his soul <laughs> out of the vat, and Fred's just like, "They took my body, man." <laughs> but please, like. I'm still the best looking head in here, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just like, he's so vain. <laughs> fucking love it, man. Yeah, I think the script, honestly, is pretty good. It's just like, that. I feel like they didn't quite have the budget to support it, maybe, with with, yeah. with some of the well, I graphics. I think they were just trying to make maybe. it just complete, just for kids. Like, I don't think they were yeah, trying maybe. to, like, go crazy ham on it. You're probably right. But <laughs> it is definitely watchable for adults. I'll, I'll go ahead and give that. Daphne Blake, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, playing opposite of Freddie Prince Jr. is Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> it works, man. Yeah. It just fucking works. When it you, does. When you have something that works, you don't split it up. <laughs> That's true. Um, she, I, I feel the kind of the same way as I feel as Freddie Prince Jr.'s uh, character. She does the job. But, she, like, you know, they're, they're, they both do... I feel like caricatures of those classic cartoon characters. Yeah, yeah. They they take them a little further, but they don't do much to right. to undermine them. And like the thing they do with Daphne in this that I absolutely loved is they made her a martial artist. Yes, like she's, that was she's trained cool. herself. That was cool. Like because she's tired her... of being she's tired of being the damsel in distress. And, and I she love did that. Something I was just about like it. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah, she's that's got good. she's she got agency. a great finale scene. Like the that big moment where they're all like yeah. solving the mystery and doing all the thing. Like we'll talk about that soon. But like she has a great moment in there where she's fighting an actual wrestler. Who's yeah. the wrestler? He's a he's a luchador. Uh, let's see. Is it Sarkos? Sarkos. Uh, he's played, played by, by Sam Greco. That's right. Salvatore yeah. Sam Greco. That's awesome. Yeah, he was that. That scene is fun where you watch Daphne like, even though it's a little goofy and like you can tell they're definitely hamming it up for the choreography, but like, I don't know. I like giving Daphne that extra oomph to that character because yeah, in the show she's typically just a damsel in distress. You know, it's like she gets captured or whatever, and then they, they you know, sometimes they'll save her, sometimes she gets free. But this one, they're just like, no, we're giving her that <laughs> that power. Like yeah. she's not gonna get caught after the first ten minutes. And not get herself out of it, her, you know, by yeah, herself. I think that I was a it. good choice, uh, especially for it being fairly. It was twenty years ago. Shit. Yeah, I know. Oh god, I don't want to think about it. And just this and the fucking watching Batman Returns just last week. I know, right? Damn. <laughs> oh, this is still this week. It was still this week that we watched that. Man, I really am getting old. Uh, so, <laughs> now on to the stars oh, of the show. Matthew Lillard should have received an Oscar for Norville Shaggy Rogers. I'm just saying. Hey, I'm, I'm in agreement there. Some kind of reward. Yeah. I'm sure he got like People's Choice Reward or something. I don't know. I, I didn't research that man, this at all. 
he embodied that character. Like, mm-hmm. so it's it's crazy because it's like Frank Welker is iconic as the voice of Fred Jones as Scooby Doo. Right. I think he even did Shaggy at one point when you know Casey Kasem wasn't there. But like, you know, those were the voices of these characters. You know, was, you always talked about Frank Welker. You always talked about Casey Kasem. Whenever you talked about Freddy or, or Shaggy in particular, or mm-hmm. Scooby even. But uh, now everybody knows Matthew Lillard as Shaggy. Like, he is, yeah. he is surpassed Frank Welk, or as uh, Casey Kasem, I mean, as, as Shaggy. Like, it, you wouldn't think it, but that man is the character. He really is, and uh, I believe he loves it. Oh, 100%. <laughs> And I love him, Matthew Lillard. If you if you ever hear this and you want to come on the show, please. But that means be you're cool. one of my favorites. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, we could talk I watched about you in Scream, and then I watched you in Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could talk about your your old films. I like. Um, uh, I think it's Salt Lake City Punk. Is the name of the movie? Have you ever seen that? I uh, don't remember. I remember a movie where he was a baseball player. Excuse me. This is not about that. <laughs> this oh, is... there is there is SLC Punk. Yeah, yeah, comedy drama. Uh, it's oh no, really I have good. seen that, but no, I remember him in Summer Catch. That's the other movie I remember. Yeah, he is fantastic in that. Um, my buddy introduced me to that movie, and I was like, man, that was really good. It, I think it what is what got me into like independent films and stuff. Because, like, yeah. you know, you realize, I don't know how independent that film was, I suppose, but it had that feel uh, that <laughs> cut it cuts, you know, the norm. It cuts the cookie cutter. Um, yeah. Which, you know, that's punk rock, so it works. <laughs> but no, I, uh, I, I think it's just hilarious that of all of Matthew Lillard's films... I first watched him in Scream, and yes, that says a lot, because I watched it very young, and uh, <laughs> that was one of the films I had to sneak past my parents. Like, I don't think they ever knew I watched Scream until I was, like, much older and watched it, and I was just like, oh, wow, yeah, this is a good movie, this is crazy, uh-huh. I was like, I've totally seen this before, <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's hilarious that I watched him as that character, and then watched him as Shaggy, and was just like, <gasps> Oh my god, he's such a like he's a good person. He's just a stoner dude. He's just misunderstood. <laughs> so uh to round out the uh human uh foursome of of Mystery Inc., we have Linda Cardellini playing Velma Dinkley. Uh this is now gonna become a love letter to to Linda Cardellini. Uh um, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, you're great. Yeah, I love her. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. Well, know. she's also a childhood crush because I'm just attracted uh, to, like, bookish women. Yeah. Like... Sure. And so it's just, like, Velma was, for a long time, one of my biggest crushes in regards to uh, my childhood. So when I saw her live action, I was just, like, immediately like, oh, Linda Cardellini. <laughs> <laughs> you are my Velma forever. <laughs> Uh, you know, I can't disagree with you. Uh, I, uh, yeah, always liked women who, uh, knew how to think for themselves. Um, you know, you know, human beings. I like human beings. Greg, did you know that? (laughs) (laughs) I could understand. Uh, so we... No, I was... I was 
<laughs> I don't. I was know looking else. up to see if there was anybody else that was uh, auctioned to like play these characters, and I couldn't find anybody for Velma. Um, but oh, I think perfect. it's hilarious because Jim Carrey was originally attached to play Shaggy. He's too. Uh, while old. Mike Myers was also, while Mike Myers was also inter- uh, interested in the role, I don't know if he was like too old. Let's see here. Because I don't, he, he's 60 right now, so he would have been 40 back then. And Matthew but, Lillard is 52. Like, Matthew Lillard's only eight years younger. Like, okay, I mean, it's a decade, but still. a lot younger. Probably because... Well, this is also around the Ace Ventura, like, time days. Well, it's a little bit Well, it's a much later. after. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. like, I just feel like Jim Carrey was so saturated in my childhood that... He must be yeah. a thousand years older than Matthew Lillard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, here's a cool one. Uh, we mentioned Emil Mondavarius, uh, that he was played by Rowan Atkinson. Right. Wonderfully played by Rowan Atkinson. Uh, but apparently Tim Curry was also offered the role. That would have worked. That would have worked. He, however... Honestly, <laughs> I feel like uh, Jim Carrey would have worked better for that role than Shaggy. Personally. Yeah, he might have, yeah, but apparently Tim Curry turned down the role after he found out that Scrappy-Doo was in the film. <laughs> <laughs> if you know the film, if you know the film, that is the best joke. <laughs> that is hilarious. I love it. And uh, we didn't mention, but Neil Fanning does the voice of Scooby-Doo, and he does yes. a pretty decent Scooby-Doo. Uh, it's not Frank Welker. In fact, they had Frank Welker do voices uh, in this sh- movie mostly just like the weird monsters but like if you're gonna hire frank welker to do like random cameo voices why not not hire him to do scooby-doo sorry neil fanning no like was he not doing the voice anymore i could imagine that voice getting hard to do as you get yeah it could definitely hurt (laughs) a lot of (laughs) but he was doing it okay i just i just looked it up he he started doing the voice in 2002 so like Right when well, this movie yeah. came out was when he started doing the voice. That's so weird. Wow, who did the voice in the show? I never... I always thought he was the voice of the... That's crazy. Don Messick. Okay, that makes sense. Well, anyhow, we did mention that Scrappy-Doo is in this, so Scott Ennis plays Scrappy-Doo. And they both do the voices pretty perfectly, I would say. Yeah. Um, Scrappy-Doo... Just that that one scene he's in is a handful. <laughs> uh, it's pretty hilarious. Right. <clears throat> it's time you make a decision. <laughs> Puppy power! <laughs> oh God, Freddy peed on me. <laughs> there was a time. There was a time in my childhood where I knew this movie almost my heart. Like right. I watched it way too fucking much. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think that's uh, closing that's statements. It, right? time? We, yeah, let's do yeah, some closing statements in this movie. Um, I think it is a fun time capsule. You know, it's a very like right. early two thousands, like turn of the century. It has that film. feel. Like it has a lot of. Yeah, it's got that feel. It's very saturated in that time uh, time period. Uh, but it's very nostalgic. Like I don't care. Like it. It reminds me of a, a lot of my childhood. It's so much fun. You know, the performances are great. Like, even if they're all hamming it up like crazy, they're great. Like, yeah. you know, I want to give all the all of them power, all of them props. You know, obviously Matthew Lillard, Linda Cardellini, 
they did amazing. But like even Fred, uh, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Geller, they both did great. Yes, and they did. Um, they did my job. only issue with the movie comes in the as we mentioned, we didn't really talk about it too much, but there is some mild racism, yeah. uh, specifically involving voodoo. Like I don't right. know yeah. how much research uh, they even tried to do into. <laughs> I have Voodoo. no idea. Like they did. I have no idea. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, they got, they had this one white dude being their, the voodoo guy. Naguatuana. That's it. Thank you. And that yeah, helps me. Stephen Greaves, Greaves, I guess. Um, and yeah, and, and for one, for that thing, I, I don't know if I feel right about that i'm pretty sure it's a no. religion based in uh african traditions so that's a little weird and um but you know it definitely felt like something that somebody would put together for an amusement park and that's what the place is um right so it it fit with the movie but yes and you know like I feel like that is the kind of thing if that if Spooky Island existed today, they would have had been doing a rebranding when 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 yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh when we broke to 2020. <laughs> if not a little bit sooner. <laughs> uh because like yeah, they they that. do all the these like dances and chanting and stuff too uh with people in varying dress dress that is, you know, uh, appropriating other cultures um yeah it's very also stereotyping uh voodoo yeah because i feel like uh we've had many a, co- a conversation with professor ron ball the scald about how voodoo is significantly misrepresented in media right yeah and, yeah it's very heavily so here there's a lot of it but that 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 was just a mild issue i had it is an issue but it's not a huge part of the movie because the part you know the most focus is on the gang uh, the Mystery Inc. crew. My biggest issue in actuality with this film, though, is the uh, the CGI and the editing. Because there is a lot of very shoddy. And it's of the time period, it's not bad. I'll admit it's it's decent editing for 2002. Uh, but, like, the editing? Oh, there's so many, like... So, I again, I, I watched this movie a lot. We had a, we had a version of a, the DVD that had deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. And not even knowing that there are deleted scenes, you can tell that there are a lot of scenes cut in this yeah. film. Yeah. Specifically moments where Shaggy goes from being, like, perfectly calm and searching for his friends. And then there's a jump cut and he is fucking terrified. And the reason is because he just watched a couple people get their souls fucking pulled out of their bodies and put into a vat. But and it terrified the fuck out of him. That? But you don't see that in the theatrical cut. He's just going... Fred? Velma? Yeah. And in a jump cut, and he's just like... <gasps> it's just like, what the fuck happened there? There's a lot of... There's nothing that blatant. That's the most blatant one. But there's a lot of scenes where it's just like, you can tell there's something cut in between. Because it's like, where did this character go? Like, how did they get here? Right. Like, you know, the last time we saw them, they were up in their room or something. Like, it's just... Yeah, that's my only issue is really... I still give it three stars. It's a very fun, nostalgic film. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of nostalgia for this movie. I think, honestly, for a kid movie, it's fairly well put together. 
Very entertaining. The rewatch spoiled it a little bit for me. But I, I still think I enjoyed it all in all. Uh, <clears throat> there's definitely a lot of fart jokes uh, that me and my brother oh, tried to yeah. recreate. Um, <laughs> but uh, We might have at my house, too. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love brothers. And... Yeah, I'm not such a fan as an adult, though. I'll have to admit that. So, I, yeah, it gets right. a face, though. It, I'll, I'll keep it at that. Uh, before we move on to Scooby-Doo Monsters Unleashed, Scooby-Doo 2, rather, Monsters Unleashed, because it needed both a number and right. a subtitle. <laughs> I feel like a lot of movies do that, and, you know, maybe that's not a bad thing. Moving on. Soda Pop Break. That was in the first movie, Greg. I know, but it's fun. It's a good. It's a good chant. <laughs> it's a good chant. <laughs> Welcome back to <laughs> Green and Faceless on the Couch. Here we are. I don't even remember saying if I was the faceless Leon, and that's this was Green and Faceless on the Couch, a podcast about movies and TV. And that's probably the latest I've ever said that in an episode. If it is, shit, change your record books, everybody. Yeah, change the <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, before we move on, yeah, before we move on to Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed, as the uh, as the poster says, got monsters. <laughs> uh, I guess that was their tagline. <laughs> I want to. I want to throw out another uh, green ketchup. I want to squirt some of my good, 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 good goo all over you. Oh, and boy. Uh, <laughs> I went and I saw an absolutely horrible film in the theaters this weekend, and it was so much fun. I knew it was going to be bad. Uh, so I'll, I'll give tell them a people to if, guess. if you. Give them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Write down in your notebooks what it is. Put it in the comments. Don't lie. Yeah. You know, put put it in the comments right now, and then you know, I'll give you a couple seconds, and then you can hit play and see if you're right. It was Jurassic World Dominion. You Absolute were right. <laughs> you were all right, right. everybody. <laughs> oh my god! Let me tell you, uh, if you've seen the first Jurassic World. Um, I know we went with uh, you, me, your wife, and uh, Professor Ron Voldenskald were there, and we went and saw it. We all had a, a decently yeah. fun time. It was a very nostalgic. Uh, it, it was basically, yeah, it was kind of like um, what's the new Star Wars uh, Force Awakens? Force Awakens, yeah, you know, yeah, where they were just kind of just doing the same shit, the exact same shit as the prequels did. Um, and they were, or as the movies before them did, I should say. Right, God. right, right. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, it was, it was fan servicey. It was, there wasn't a lot to it. It was still fun. Still had some good action. You know, Chris Pine was, a, you know, pretty good action here, like, star for that first film. And then Jurassic World, the second one came out. Uh, its name is, uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I had to pull deep on that one. Um, I think it's Fallen Kingdom. Where are they pulling bad. out of their ass? <laughs> yeah, it was absolute trash. Like, worse than the third Jurassic Park film. 
Like, here, here's wow. where I am with the Jurassic Park films. The first one, a goddamn masterpiece. Yeah, of course. Like, absolutely. The best of movies. The second one, the second one, your typical sequel, like, we need to, re- we need to make, you know, reel in that money, man. We want the money. So, it's like, it's right. a good film, but they weren't, like, going ham on it yet. The third one. Kind of ran out of ideas. Let's just throw in some crappy jokes and hope they laugh. <laughs> like you know, the the only thing I remember about the third one, legitimately, is that there is a moment where Alan, played by Sam Neill, has a dream, and in, in that dream, he turns on an airplane and sees a raptor in the seat next to him, and the raptor goes, "Alan, Alan!" <laughs> like it said, it literally says the words "Alan," and then Sam Neill wakes up like, "Oh, oh my god, he's traumatized." He's traumatized by a raptor saying his name. It's so scary. No, it's goofy as fuck off. He, he's traumatized the, uh, of raptors, and somebody said his name during his terrifying dream. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> it's the goofiest shit. It's all I remember. But the second Jurassic World, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, uh, they jumped the shark. Um, if, if you don't know, I don't know if the kids use that phrase anymore because none of you fuckers have seen Happy Days, but it's when you go way too long with a franchise where you've, you've did everything you could do and now it's time to say fucking stop. And we were saying that in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, we were telling Colin Trevorrow, the director and writer, we were all saying, Hey, no, 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 this is getting stupid. Let's stop. And he did Jurassic World Dominion because Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom made a shit ton of money. And I'm telling everybody out there right now, if you, if you've managed to avoid seeing Jurassic World, continue to avoid it. It's not <laughs> worth the theater money. Don't give them ideas to continue the franchise. Let no. the franchise quietly end. You can yeah. watch it when it comes out on streaming and you can do so for free. That's when you'll watch it. it you'll like it much more on your television. It probably will come out on Tubi. It probably will. That's not, that's not to say, that people won't like Jurassic World. If you've enjoyed the Jurassic World film so far, if you are so fan-heavy on the Jurassic Park franchise, you'll still love this film. I'm not going to deny that. I think people just like want dinosaurs in movies, and I am for that. But it doesn't That's have fine. to be that the is same totally franchise. Yeah, and the dinosaurs exactly. could just and be there. You know, give me a new world where it's people, regular civilization people, but they have dinosaurs. Just do it. Right. Not Dinotopia either, because exactly. they did that on the TV. That's what this, yeah, this will, this movie okay. does that. This movie released the monsters onto land, and now humanity has to learn to survive with the dinosaurs. And, uh, of course, That's you got your greedy businesses. Plot. Uh, that was the, that was the end plot, spoilers, that was the end plot for Fallen Kingdom is, uh, so Ila Nova, or whatever So they that, planted, uh, they planted the dino to them? So whatever the, yeah, pretty much, yeah. They whatever the um the island is in Jurassic Park, Isla Nebula, Ian Novera. I can't remember. I don't know. Whatever that island is, it basically bursts into flames in the second one, and they save some of the dinosaurs, and some rich people take it back to their house and start <laughs> betting on the dinosaurs, and then they get free because a clone, uh, a clone, a human that is. Uh, realizes that she's like they're clones just like it's a long story i, I won't get into it uh the, but she she's just like the dinosaurs are like me they're all just clones so she hits a big red button and opens up all the gates and the dinosaurs break free and then take over the world basically oh, um wow she, yeah and that's the and second that's, that's the movie 
That was the second one, yeah. The third one, the the Dominion that I just saw this week, um, it continues basically that story where humans are learning to survive with dinosaurs. You know, it's a peaceful, they can do it. It's fine, I guess. Okay. Uh, occasionally, you know, 30 people die a day from a raptor attack, but that's whatever. Like, it's just life, you know? That's it's just life. life now. We did and, this to ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I can accept, I mean, you know, they yeah. did it. They did it and, to and, themselves. They gotta live with it now. And then there's a subplot of of uh the clone girl you know trying to determine whether or not she can be her own person because she's a clone girl like you know she's like i'm not me i'm just a clone of me and you know there's all that existentialism that's that's wild and out there and then there's a business whose uh big plot is to um destroy they, they have a lot of farms i guess uh, you know, they plant a lot. They have a lot of crops out there, a lot of seeds that they sell. And they, they make a version of a locust that will basically eat all plants but their plants. And uh, they don't realize that this is going to cause a massive famine throughout the entire world when they release these locusts out to, you they know. Don't and at the same this. time. Yeah, apparently, you know, it's just like, you know, it's going to drive up production. You know, it's like our, our stuff will sell crazy. It's like. Yeah, your stuff will sell crazy, but millions are going to fucking die because there's going to be a famine. And at the same time, everybody's going to know you're behind it because they literally show a shot of a farm with the company's seed and a farm with another company's seed. And the locusts swoop in, eat all the other company's crops, but leave the other the, the villainous corporation's seed perfectly fine. And it's like, yeah, that's not even going to hold up more than, like, 20 minutes in court. Like, you'll just deliver right. that information to a judge, and they'll be like, yeah, that corporation's guilty as fuck all. Like, yeah. it's the dumbest plot ever. It's so stupid. Go go seize yeah, they, that co- all of that company's seeds, and they are no longer a company. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Okay. I don't recommend going to see it. But that's, yeah, that's the green ketchup of the day. I do feel like that's a little too real world right now, to be fair. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that's fair. So, yeah, secret review of the entire Star- uh, Jurassic Park franchise. And uh, <laughs> I-, I don't know. Maybe we'll do a playlist on that eventually. But here we are. Someday, back sure. to our sequel smash. Scooby-Doo 2. Monsters Unleashed. They done unleashed the monsters. So, Coolsville, this one's all about Coolsville, guys. Like, they really do the deep cut. Uh, They bring all the characters in from a puppy. It's not rad. It's not neato. It's cool. It's Coolsville. But Coolsville can take care of itself. That's that's a quote yeah. of Fred uh, Fred Jones. Just so you know, direct direct quote. Direct. No, quote. Uh, no context behind it whatsoever. No, no, none needed. I think Coolsville sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a direct quote from Fred Jones. Uh, I do think I like Freddie Prince Jr. better in this movie, actually. Uh, I love that line though. It's like, why would you say that? <laughs> yeah, why at all would you say that? Man, he's like, you're gonna make it look like I said Coolville sucks. <laughs> and he looks right at the camera too. <laughs> like, what an idiot! It's, it's such a good delivery. Uh, so, uh, 
This movie, Coolsville, before they royally piss the town off, uh, is dedicating a museum wing, the Museum of uh, Criminology uh, in, in Coolsville. They have a whole wing just dedicated to the mystery solved by Mysteries, Inc. Mystery, Inc. And uh, all these costumes are there. And on the opening night, yeah. uh, the pterodactyl ghost shows up but it's not the pterodactyl ghost because the the costume's there it's it's something else and it seems more real and it can uh fly really well and do scary things there's also a man (laughs) uh figure with this big metal mask on that has um uh an aluminum afro um that's not a good uh description because it's more like grass like aluminum grass for for hair. Yeah, it's it's very weird. It is very strange. It's not, it's not and, the most intimidating of uh, villains, <laughs> right? And they steal a couple of the costumes, and uh, in trying to stop the pterodactyl ghost, Mystery Inc. basically wreck this museum. Yeah, when uh, Velma. Fred and Daphne are back at the head at the HQ. And Mr. Inc. has an HQ, apparently. It's pretty chic. Pretty cool. Pretty comfy. <laughs> it's pretty rad, man. <laughs> it's a rad pad. And um, they start talking about how uh, Shaggy and Scooby fucked it up. But Shaggy and Scooby yeah. was, were listening behind the counter. And they get sad. So this story, their storyline, is is trying to be more capable members of the group and not be such screw-ups. Yeah. And so they go out and they start investigating by themselves, which is not a great idea, but they they find out a lot of stuff uh, eventually. Yeah, they don't do a bad job. They do. Uh, (laughs) This movie has Seth Green in it. Yeah, he's the curator of the museum. (laughs) His name is is Patrick Wisely. Yeah. And the uh, the love interest for Velma. Yes. Oh, that's so sweet. It is very cute. Uh, she is very, very shy when it comes to this man. And uh, when he comes over, she hides. And then Daphne decides she's going to help her uh, uh, get, you know, ready for a date. And he puts her in this, like, latex or rubber costume. And maybe Ooh, yeah. maybe it's leather and it's latex. It's definitely latex, and it makes just yeah, the most horrible noises. And she has no idea how to move in it. And uh, <laughs> she's, she's in heels too. Yeah, she's in heels too. And Daphne took her glasses, and uh, it's probably like you know. Nah, I'm not gonna say it's the most sexist thing that these pair of movies have done, uh, because that <laughs> last one had uh, a lot of like derogatory uh, uh, talking down to women it, when the monsters were taken yeah. over. You know, and and also it had when uh, there's a moment where Fred's soul goes into yeah. Daphne's body, yeah, and he, and he has a moment where he looks down his shirt and he's just like, hell yeah, and he's like, I, I can look at myself, myself naked. naked, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I used to think that was hilarious as a kid. Rewatching, I was like, yeah. I did too. 
Yeah. And, and uh, as a kid, also, I was just like, I would totally do that if yeah, I was here. Right. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, I see what's all terribly wrong with that now as an adult. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, if I were a woman, uh, like had 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 a woman's body to start with, I would look at it all day. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, same here. <laughs> But I suppose I don't know. Haven't been born a woman. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. We'll wait till the next go. Wait until the, wait until the government's just like, all right, it's time to reboot you guys. Yeah, shit. <laughs> uh, so, I'm down for a reboot government if you're willing. Yeah, sure. Just saying. Yeah, I'll try it. You know, all the different flavors. I'll take of a new rainbow. human skin. So, uh, yeah. They go on this date and it's terrible, and that's beyond the story now. I feel like uh, we do have <laughs> uh, a couple. But he becomes of, a suspect then. He does become a suspect, just so you're aware. But also a suspect. There's two other main suspects, maybe three. We'll, we'll say three other main suspects. Okay, so we got Jeremiah Winkles, played by Peter Boyle. Uh, you know, you might know him as. Uh, Young Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know him. I I know him as that, but I also know him from uh, everybody, uh, loves, everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, that was gonna be yeah. like it. My yeah. parents watched a lot of that. Yeah, I really like uh, that his character in that. Um, Frank was the best part of that show. I think. Agreed. We also have Doctor Jonathan Jacobo, who might possibly be dead. But he was the first, he was the original pterodactyl ghost. And he is played by (laughs) Tim Blake Nelson, who we talked about very recently with Holes. He's just in everything. He is in everything. And like his his first appearance too as the as the pterodactyl ghost is so funny because it's just like a, a clear costume, but like obviously it would be kind of frightening coming at you in the sky. Like yeah. I, I would probably react the way the the policeman did, which is like falling over and stumbling over yourself. Right. But when he lands and grabs the money, and you can just clearly see his face <laughs> through the beak. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's so hilarious. He also has really I long hair, it. so I definitely didn't know it was him uh, growing up. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you only like you only see him in like the the prison breakout scene and in the pterodactyl suit. So it's just like, yeah, he he's hidden pretty well, I think. So, um, there was a reporter. The last suspect was a reporter, uh, by the name of Heather Jasper Howell, played by (laughs) Alicia Silverstone, and um, what's that? Heather Jasper Howe is such a good name. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Daphne suspects her for basically no reason at all. <laughs> well, it's just because she's another woman who gets Fred's attention, which is Oh, sex. you think that was the reason. See, I didn't even read that, so... Well, it's because it was like right at the beginning, she calls, uh, um, she like the the reporter Heather is like Fred. What went on here? And you could see Daphne in the background be like, "Humph!" Like, what the heck? Yeah, Why is he yeah, getting attention right. here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she tries right. to drag him away, and yeah, yeah. A little less agency for Daphne in this movie. I feel like, yeah, uh, she still gets a fight scene though. 
Yeah, that, that's a fun fight scene. Even though, so she gets a fight scene with the Black Knight, which is like, I think the first episode of Scooby-Doo. It's one yeah, of the maybe. early ones, I think. But it's, it's um, the animation of the night is some of the goofiest ever. Like, it's it's so ridiculous to me. Like, sure. And again, in real life, I would be intimidated by a thing that literally has no body within it and is walking around. It's just armor. Yeah. And it's swinging and axe at me. That would be scary as fuck. But it looks so stupid. <laughs> it's got this, it's like, very big bulbous head. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they used uh, um, Jay Leno's head to cast the armor. Who did Sorry, the voice Jay, for maybe it? That was rude. <laughs> Bob Bob Pappenbrook did the voice of the Black Knight. I see. Um, ooh, uh, Dee Bradley oh, Baker. I didn't did the say though. Ghost. Jeremiah Winkles, Wickles. Maybe it's Wickles. Old man Wickles. Wickles. He uh, was the the Black Knight ghost. That's right. Yeah, the original. The one and only Kevin Durant. What did you say? Who did you say played the Black Knight? Uh, Bob Happenbrook did the the voice for it. But I mine says he it was Kevin Durant. He did the body work. Oh, I see. He was in Lost, right? Yes, he was the the military guy. Yeah, he uh, was also the Blob in X Men Origins Wolverine. If if you saw that, <laughs> that's right, he was the Blob. You <laughs> <laughs> got about that? Oh my god, he might have like yeah. I don't know. I guess he just did the. I don't know. It, it's got voice cast as Bob Pappenbrook as the Black Knight. So I'm assuming he just did the body. Kevin Durant did. I think, but he, I don't know. Maybe it's weird. But, like, uh, D. Bradley Baker did the voice for the pterodactyl ghost. That's kind of funny. And others. Um, I know that name, D. Bradley Baker. He's famous, damn it. He's too famous. Uh, he's been in, like, Steven Universe, Gravity Falls, SpongeBob, the Avatar, The Last Airbender. He's uh, in everything. He's a he's big name, everything. big voice name. Uh, he looks Ron Valdeskald knows these people. Uh, so, yeah, I think maybe we can move on to closing statements about this movie. I feel like there's definitely less to say about it. It is definitely yeah. a movie that's about, hey, let's bring out all of these things from the show and just cram it all together in one thing. Monsters Unleashed. Right. It's like, you know, somebody, worst, the somebody. worst case scenario movie. Yeah, some producers came up to Raja Gosnell and, and James Gunn and were like, hey, the last one made money. Uh, that was surprising, right? Make another one. And, th- and they were just like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I don't, okay. Know, I don't know if that's at all what happened, but that's my interpretation of it. Is like, I think they came in at it with no real plan. They just decided, let's pull from the show as much as fucking right. possible right? And and deliver just something fun with the same, you know, kind of tired humor and as the last yeah. one. You know, yeah. they continue the stoner jokes. I fucking love that. That's great. Sure. Yeah. There's stoner jokes galore in this there one. Sure like are. movie opens up movie opens up with uh the Mystery Inc. arriving at the big reveal of the the museum opening and they all get out and they all have their own fans and it's really cute and adorable. You know, you have a bunch of bookish girls like screaming for Velma. You got <laughs> yeah, Fred that who has all so these like hot athlete guys. Yeah. The best is Shaggy. Shaggy's walking along and he just starts sniffing. He's like 
What is that? And then, like, he looks over and you see a bunch of these stoner guys, just, like, all red-eyed, like, all, like, squinting. Like, I think some of them have food in their hands. And they're just like, hey, man! He's just like, my dudes! And they just, like, all start signing autographs. Like, it's great. I love that shit. So, um, but, uh, my favorite part about that scene is that they pull up in a mystery machine limousine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> branding, man. It's all about that yeah. branding. We're going to start driving around the streets where we're at in green and faceless vehicles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Just make it look like I'll a big couch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but no, closing statement. Uh, I I still enjoy this one. It's much less than the first one. Um, the, the, again, the, the CGI on Scooby himself has gotten better. Scooby looks much better in this film. There's times where he's walking around as a human. That's hilarious. Yeah. Looks much better than when he was walking around as grandma in the last movie. That's At the true. same time, grandma it begs the question, how many bad. fucking, yeah. But how many fucking people are falling for this shit? Like, you know, you're, you're yeah. seeing it and it's like, what the hell? It's so ridiculous. But again, it's, it's, it's the adult in me. You, know, you gotta put that. I believe Peter yeah, put that Boyle, shit aside. I believe Peter Boyle in that scene says, I'm only talking to you because I feel bad about your brother's deformed nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, his nose deformity. Scene, that's what he said. Yeah, your giant nose deformity. And it's it's hilarious too because like in that moment, Shaggy even like his his costume is the the dumbest thing ever Shaggy's yeah. is. Like he has a gold tooth. But he has, you know, he puts a gold tooth over one of his teeth, and then he has a hat on, and that's about it. And when he's talking to Peter Boyle, and he's just like, Peter Boyle's just like, makes it seem like he is uh, rehabilitated from his criminal ways. Yeah. And Shaggy's like, well, I bet you kind of, you know, thank the mystery, Con. And he removes his gold tooth and pulls off his hat, <laughs> and he's like, eh? Yeah. Eh? And Peter Boyle just doesn't recognize him at all. Like. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you he people? He crushes the nuts, the, the bar nuts at the table. And he's like, no, heck no. I hate those fucking kids. He I'd kill that. those fucks. <laughs> oh, I love it, Adrian that's, Peter that's, Boyle. It's so good. <laughs> I did too. But I like I like the story. I like, you know, it's it was kind of written for me as a kid. Because as a kid, I always felt like a screw up. And at the same time, I was a very bookish individual who struggled with relationships. That hasn't changed much. But that was like, you know, my favorite characters have always been Shaggy and Velma. And in this film, both of those like personality traits of mine were matched by my two favorite characters. So it was this movie was one of my favorites as a kid. I almost liked it more than the original. Really? I watched it a lot more than the original, I feel like. Mm. Um, But at the same time, it's very much more goofy oh definitely. you know they really went they really went silly with this one there's a lot of dumb jokes things that are just very stale but again my biggest issue is with the editing and it's so much worse in this film right. they even forgot to like again the, the the editing on scooby the graphics on scooby a little better but there are scenes where they literally accidentally edited him out where he's just not there <laughs> Where it's like, he, he's, they, they pull Scooby and Shaggy into the mystery ink in the back of the van. They're driving away. Oh, yeah. They cut, and there's no Scooby anymore. It's just Velma and Shaggy in the back of the van. 
And then Scooby appears later in the passenger seat where Daphne was when everybody has moved to the back. And now Scooby is just randomly up front. <laughs> like, they just forget him at times. There's a time where him and Shaggy are having a very important heart-to-heart with Velma out by the trash cans. And they only ever show Velma and Daphne, or sorry, they only ever show Velma and Shaggy because they accidentally left Scooby out over Shaggy's oh, shoulder man. about three or four times. <laughs> he just disappears. Man, I, I gotta say, I didn't quite notice that. Um, I kind of wish I did. But that kind of plays into, like, my biggest fault with the movie. Did, I, I'm sorry, if I interrupted your closing statement, did you give it a rating? I did not. I would just say, um, you know, I give it a two stars. And my last, my last issue is that the the red herrings are just a little too obvious and a little too yeah. suspicious. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and the 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 pointed finger towards the correct answer is a bit yeah unfounded. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you there. And the the double reveal on the correct answer. Yeah. Pretty dumb at the same time. Yeah. Pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah. So <laughs> we cuddled. We we cuddled. <laughs> uh, but no, I give it two stars. I give it a face. Uh, it's a movie. Uh, it's it is fun and goofy. I think it's worth watching once. I I did. I wasn't as attached to this one as I was the first one uh, growing up. I thought they did it better the first time. Uh, I did enjoy seeing all the different monsters of the kid, though. I'll give that. Uh, I'll give it that. Um, right. I I thought that, that the acting cool. was uh, a little under par for some people, uh, and maybe a little bit better for others. Like I thought, I honestly thought Freddie Prince Jr. did better in this movie than than the other. That's fair. Um, I don't I feel like Coolville sucks. I think Coolville sucks. I fucking love it. Just the inflection he puts on that. There's just a lot of stank on yes. there. <laughs> Why did you throw so much stank on it? He's <laughs> <seems> so mad. <laughs> You're editing everything to make it look like I'm trying to say that I think Coolsville sucks. <laughs> it's like, did you get that? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> So, yeah, um, definitely Linda, did much better in this I, one. Yeah, I do think so. I do. I think Linda Cardellini uh, had a little trouble finding Velma again, like the exact voice. Um, it, yeah. it is a little bit different. She's still great, but like I, I feel like the script wasn't as well written for Velma as the other script was. But, no, yeah, this one, of, this one more focused on Sca- uh, Shaggy and Scooby. Like, yeah, but at the, the other three time, have at the same. They have like good detective moments. Yeah. Like there's a lot of good group moments among the other three, but they don't get their individual um, developments. Like I mean, they do the relationship thing, sure, with Velma and Seth Green, but like it, I don't know. The only ones that really get focused on and developed are Shaggy and Scooby. I can agree to that to an extent. Uh, but I feel like more with Shaggy because I kind of feel like this movie forgets Scooby-Doo, not just in that oh, yeah, physical yeah. aspect. That's what I was going to connect with earlier. Not just in that That's physical fair. aspect that he's not there when he's supposed to be there, but literally I feel like they just threw him in to be the, the punchline for jokes. 
One hundred percent. Um, and you know when when Shaggy's doing the the, inve- the actual investigation work, they give him a dance scene, which I I don't dislike that dance scene. It's fun, <laughs> but <laughs> it's so stupid. It I is love it. is really stupid. <laughs> And that's how they get found out, spoilers, is that he gets hit in the face and his fake afro flies off and lands into somebody's notches. And there's like, hey, that's (laughs) 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 Scooby-Doo. So I I feel like for a movie that's about Scooby-Doo, they don't use him very well. That first movie uses Scooby-Doo very well, I think, and still Mm -hmm. makes it about the rest of the gang, primarily. Which I get that. Like, you want the audience to identify with the humans on screen. But they still use Scooby-Doo. Yeah. That, that, that scene where uh, Scooby was going to be a sacrifice, um, he... Sacrifice? <laughs> <laughs> in the first movie, and uh, Shaggy is coming and talking to him, trying to get him... Uh, yeah. That is such a good scene. It's real sweet. A, a literal, yeah. uh, like an it, actual good, heartfelt scene. And... and it, it makes me it literally makes me tear up and then also that scene like has a very abrupt not like actual ending but like you know it gets to this very heartfelt moment right and then something happens that's so like yes. i mean it's expected but also unexpected that like even as an adult i was like a little teared up and then it happened i was like holy fucking christ <laughs> <laughs> yeah a little bit. Like, what? <laughs> it's crazy yeah a little bit uh so yeah i i for that reason i think i already gave it a face like they both get a face but 100 percent, i have to give my vote for the winner to scooby-doo 2002 yeah i have to agree with that i really uh all the way in agreement the second one just kind of Fell off, but there's a reason they didn't make a third one. There's a reason they didn't come back for the trifecta. Yeah. I guess that's it. Uh, To wrap up, there's something that's been bothering me because we've been saying Scooby-Dooby-Doo, and Uh then it reminds me of this issue I have with a movie trailer I've seen recently. Uh I saw the trailer for Lightyear, and, uh, like, everybody knows what Lightyear, you know, it's the spinoff of Toy Story where they're going to do the real-life story of Buzz Lightyear. That's pretty cool. I'm interested. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. But the the part in the trailer that really bothers me is it says, you know his name. And then it cuts to characters saying his name. (laughs) And what is said is they they have two characters. One screams, Buzz! And the other character goes, Buzz! And then another character goes, Lightyear! And I'm like, so his name is Buzz Buzz Lightyear? (laughs) Buzz Buzz Lightyear! (laughs) The the trailer literally is like, you know his name, (laughs) Buzz! It's Buzz Lightyear. He sounds like a cartoon <laughs> race car. <laughs> I don't know why. It was just like saying Scooby Dooby Doo makes me think Buzz Buzz Lightyear. And it's just like it's just been bothering me this whole episode. I like I have to complain about this at the very end at least. And yeah, that's, that's who I am. I'm the Green Traveler from Gorsh, a complainer. And I am the Faceless Leon, uh, a slightly more optimistic complainer. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Safe travels, and good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks 19. Are you a fan of the show? Feel free to contact us at greenandfacelessfans at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe, or rate us on Apple Podcasts. 
Thank you so much for listening.